listeners, welcome to Horror Movie Club, the show where two dudes who are not quite nerds but not quite noobs choose a horror movie each week to rate and review. I'm Brian, I'm on the phone with Ashvin, and today we are talking about The Exorcist from 1973, directed by William Friedkin, written by William Peter Blatty, based on his novel of the same name from 1971, starring Ellen Bernstein, Linda Blair, Jason Miller, and Max von Sydow. This movie is about a young girl who becomes possessed by an otherworldly entity her mo- and her mother calls on the Catholic Church for help. Uh, if you don't know what The Exorcist is about, you should probably just go watch it right now. Uh, <laughs> and actually, this one came up recently in conversation, Ashen. If you remember in our Final Girls episode, the screenwriter for that was Jason Miller's son, who was Father Karras in this movie, or Father Karras. Oh, yeah, Karras. right, right. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I didn't. I remember uh, we were talking about that. I didn't realize uh, it was the, the the main priest then, right? It was his son. Yeah, yeah, and he kind of wrote Final Girls as a way to deal with his father's death. Man, I didn't even know that guy was going to die in this movie. That's crazy. <laughs> you should have. We said that he dies in this movie on yeah. our uh, Final Girls episode. Yeah, yeah. I, I just assumed it was uh, some other character, but that makes sense. Yeah, now. there are a couple of priests. Um, so had you not seen this before, or you just didn't remember? Uh, I don't remember. Like, I feel like I saw this, um, like, probably the last time would have been, like, early 2000s, like 2002 or three or something. When, when was the last time yeah. you saw this one? It's been a long time, probably pre-2000, even. Wow. Yeah. Um, actually, that's one of my talking points for later. I'd like to discuss, discuss the rewatch value of this movie with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah that sounds good. De- definitely a different experience. Yeah. Uh, so this movie kind of kicked off the, uh, demonic possession subgenre. Yeah. So a lot of like the movies we have today where someone gets possessed, I think, uh, you'd say it's fair to pay, they all like kind of pay tribute to this one as the pioneer of it. Yeah. It doesn't sound like there's really any movies before this that made the main plot of the movie an exorcism. And then we've got like movies like The Last Exorcism, The Exorcism of Emily Rose, The Taking of Deborah Logan, mm-hmm. a whole bunch yeah. more. Yeah, that really became a pretty popular <laughs> popular idea. Yeah, and it was an incredibly successful movie. It was nominated for 10 Academy Awards. It grossed a crazy amount of money, $441 million at the box office. Um, it's the ninth. These are stats, Ash, like we've talked about, that are probably wrong or were right like three years <laughs> ago when somebody put them on Wikipedia. But Sure. Or, probably need to be tweaked now, but I read that it was the ninth highest grossing film of all time in the U.S. and Canada and the top grossing R-rated film of all time. Yeah, I saw that. If you like update the dollar amounts, uh, this this would be the highest uh, revenue generating R film, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Today, in today's dollars, it's earned over a billion dollars. Wow. <laughs> And, and that's really surprising because I, I think when they released it, it was like kind of a limited release. I didn't really think it would take off. And then just they saw like the demand like open up for this. Yeah, I think and, they just started it in 30 theaters in the U.S. and Canada. And people were lining up like crazy in cold weather to see it. I think it just got so much notoriety or um, it, like it became notorious. People were barfing those same old stories but i could believe it in this case people were fanning and barfing in the theater etc that that's, some of those stories are crazy like i mean uh today like if a movie like this came out i i think you know people wouldn't 
have like such violent reactions. But yeah, it sounds like people were having heart attacks, uh, miscarriages, like uh, cinematic neuroses. Uh, yeah, like a <laughs> psychiatric journal uh, published a paper on yeah. cinematic neurosis that was triggered by this movie. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty <laughs> shocking for a mainstream movie. I mean, I know there's cult movies from the 60s and early 70s that are pretty nuts and gory, but this is pretty shocking, especially if you're a religious person. Yeah. I Yeah, yeah, sure. I, though, I mean, like, it wasn't, like, necessarily bloody or anything. Like, I didn't feel like it was gory, but do, do you mean, like, do you feel like it was more shocking just, like, some of the what was being shown in terms of, um, I guess like the content, like the, the, like someone, like what she was doing with like the crucifix or the head turning. I mean, cause yeah, it just wasn't like a gory film, but like in, in what sense, like do you think it was shocking? Yeah, I guess just the content and the actions. Uh, listener warning, if you don't already know going into this, there is a lot of profanity and profanity adjacent to Jesus's name and uh, yeah. Some very offensive stuff if you're a religious person, so yeah. heads up. Um, but yeah, I think that it was pretty shocking to to moviegoers. Like, there's one thing, like the gore in, um, let's say, Night of the Living Dead from 1968. It's just, you mm-hmm. know, people eating other people, which is gross, but then she's like violently masturbating, like stabbing herself in the vagina with a cross, like... Yeah. An underage girl, too. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's pretty intense. Yeah. It, it's very, like, disturbing for sure. The, the stuff that yeah. you see. Um, hey, did you? Uh, I, I read about that scene. I'm not sure if I remember it actually from the movie. Uh, I, I saw it on Amazon. Did you Did you remember that scene? Um, are you, oh, I remember it. I'm just trying to think if I watched it on Amazon or iTunes. I think it was iTunes. Okay, that was there. Yeah, man. Yeah, maybe, maybe I. I wonder if Amazon it. cut it out. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, I feel like uh, this movie has so many versions, and like, there's so many deleted scenes um, that it, yeah, it's hard to know. A scene that is referenced quite often that I've never seen, aside from like on YouTube, is the mm-hmm. spider crawl down the steps backwards. Yeah, and you know, I remember seeing that the last time I saw it, and that was like the scariest scene for me. And when I watched it this time, it wasn't uh, in there. So that was, that was like probably from a director's cut or something. Yeah, I think I think it was originally in there and they cut it right before the theatrical release. And then I'm sure in one of the cuts, uh, they added it back in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think the, that whole thing is super interesting because like uh, it's, it seemed like they wanted to give this movie an X rating. But given like how much the movie costs and, you know, it's being put out by Warner Brothers, it almost became like this business uh, thing where... Um, to make it successful, they made it R and then it became this whole thing where people were like criticizing the rating agency and like different states had like different rules for it. it just sound like a pretty controversial release. Yeah, it was. It, it, I, I mean, that's just really cool to think of like the MPAA and all, all that stuff is like kind of being a little bit politicized and where they're being bought out by these businesses to say like maybe there's a movie out there which children shouldn't be allowed to see, but because like they needed to make it commercially successful, they relented and gave it an R which, um, yeah, just kind of shows you that those guys are in it for the money as well. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, that's not that surprising to me. The MPAA, oh, there's a documentary that used to be on Netflix about the MPAA and how ridiculous it is. Oh, really? It's just so subjective. (laughs) It's like a group of random people 
Uh Um, some of whom are parents, some of whom are not. And it's just whatever they're offended by (laughs) (laughs) is basically how they rate a movie. Yeah. Um, it's a very small group of people. It's a pretty stupid process. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. I never, never thought about that. But you're right. Like who are, who is this like small group of people? Like what gives them the right to go around and rate these movies? Like based on like what, like ethics or whatever that, that yeah. they hold. That's interesting. Yeah. And uh, I don't, I think maybe we've discussed this before, but they're so much, their view is so skewed towards violence being okay. And sex not being okay. That it's yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty backwards. Uh, in yeah. that sense. Um, um, yeah. Did you know that there were five Exorcist movies? No. I saw there were a few in the series. I didn't know there were five, though. That's crazy. Yeah, I tend, I tend to kind of forget about some of them. There were two that came out in the 2000s. Have you seen any of them? I have not, but uh, The Exorcist 3 gets a lot of love on horror Twitter. So wow, I'm curious wow. to check that one out. Yeah, I'd be interested to see where they take the story. This was all like based on a book, right? Yeah, and actually, um, William Blatty or Blatty, he wrote the third one as well. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, and he he wrote the book and wrote the screenplay. Interesting for this oh, this first for one. this one. Yeah, for the first one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, back to the movie rating thing. I remember something I wanted to say. I f- and this is something I know but tend to forget. R means that underage kids under 17 can go in, but they have to be accompanied by an adult. And X or NC-17 means that somebody under that age cannot go in there no matter what. Yeah, yeah. I I, I read that too, and I was like, yeah, yeah. I I forgot about that. Yeah. (laughs) That's how R works. Yeah, kind of jogged my memory. But, I mean, I feel like I I grew up thinking that, like, you're not allowed to see an R movie until, like, you're a certain age, so... Uh, yeah, I always just assumed I probably because my parents wouldn't have taken me to one. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's funny because I feel like us growing up, like uh, going to see Titanic was like kind of a crazy thing. I can't imagine like in the seventies, like your parents take you to see this movie. Um, like, yeah, what kind of conversation are you having afterwards? <laughs> yeah. Oh boy, there it's was a young kid in Pet Cemetery when I went. Oh, for for this new one. Yep. Wow. Yeah. 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 Future horror movie fan, hopefully. Yeah, indeed. (laughs) I think so many people who are big horror movie fans today have stories like that, though, from when they were kids. Their parents just let them watch anything. Yeah, or like they snuck into something or like they had an older sibling who was watching it and they stayed up and watched it. Yeah, or an older sibling and they like peek over their shoulder and watch it. Yeah, that's how it starts. You see an horror movie they weren't supposed to see end up starting a horror movie club and then who knows where it goes after this <laughs> an incredibly small podcast <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh oh i also thought it was interesting that this is only one of two horror films well i guess movies that have been categorized as horror that were nominated for academy awards it was, it was this one and get out all, all the other ones like jaws and stuff like those weren't actually nominated in the horror category i guess or, or something like that so the what I think what the stat is is that there are only two to be nominated for best picture. Oh, okay. It's this one in Get Out. Yeah. Mm, um, okay. Although I know, to tell you the truth, I'm not sure if that's an accurate stat because I know that there were. I think on a previous podcast we read that there's there have been six horror movies that have been nominated for best picture. Yeah. Well, I I think the distinction though with this one and Get Out 
is that um, for some reason these these are actually called horror. Where like the other ones, which were like the Sixth Sense, Jaws, maybe Silence of the Lambs, maybe those Black are like considered Swan. a Black Swan. Yeah, maybe those are considered more like suspense, drama, or some some other category. So it's kind of oh, saying that okay. these two are the well, I, which I don't know who like uh, who's pointing the genres out on these, but right, right, I don't know. Um, but the, either way, this is the first horror movie to be nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it won Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Sound. Uh, I'm guessing that was Best Sound Editing. And it got nominated for Best Picture, Actor, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actress, Best Actor, Best Director, Cinematography, Art Direction, and Editing. Wow. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. Editing. That, that I'm really surprised about editing. I got, I got some issues with editing this one. <laughs> well, all those uh, um, subliminal, well, quote unquote, <laughs> subliminal images yeah. of the d- demon face. Is that is that what it, they they got nods for? <laughs> those were Which, so terrifying to me when I saw this when I was younger, but it seemed yeah. a little silly now. You know, I only caught one. Were there, were there like a number of those? There are. I think there are four. Oh. Um, Maybe Shoot. five. Some some guy on Twitter posted a an image of all of them because I was chatting about this movie. Um, and there were mm-hmm. a few. There were at least two that I didn't notice on this go around. And are they all like the same image, like that mask or something? It's all the same face, yeah. But it's okay. kind of different contexts. Hmm. Interesting. And I think some of them exist in certain cuts again. Okay. Certain releases of the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I guess I guess some of them might actually be sub- subliminal because I only saw one. Yeah, but I, but I feel like I saw it multiple times. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, there's a lot of info on this movie and a lot that could be discussed. But in the interest of time, I'm gonna just mention that uh, a priest in North or no in Dayton, Ohio, requested permission to perform an exorcism of a locality. Outside mm. of a Dayton abortion clinic. Did he get it approved? I did not see that fact. It's one of those news stories that trended when it was like occurring and then nobody ever followed up on it. Was this pretty recently? Yeah, I think it was a couple of years ago. Oh, okay. Cool. Dude, exorcisms so, uh, are still going strong. There's like 500,000 requests for exorcism a year in wow. Italy alone. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah. I wonder. That's nuts. Maybe maybe next time we hang out, like we should uh, request an exorcism on one of us just for fun. <laughs> just I mean, like, they've got to have a one eight hundred number or something. Yeah, it must all be like an online like submission process now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they'd have brought this in the digital world. Yeah, and you've got to click on all the images that have a picture of a bus. <laughs> I'm not a robot. <laughs> yeah. Dude, those are hard sometimes. <laughs> I know. Sometimes like they'll be like they'll be like a, a like yeah, like you'll see like a bumper of a bus. You're like wait. Yeah, like does that count? There was yeah. one I just did that was click on all the squares that have a bicycle. And one of the squares just had the hand of the guy riding the uh, motorcycle like over yeah. the handlebar. So you couldn't see any of the handlebar. You could just see the guy's hand. But it's implied <laughs> that a bicycle is there, right? Yeah, right? Yeah. God. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. Am I a robot? <laughs> you might be. <laughs> Maybe. We'll, we'll do an exorcism on you and find out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any other fun fact that you really need to squeeze in before we get to the spoiler-heavy plot synopsis? No, let's get into it. Okay. 
Well, before we do, uh, my wife made some food and I'm a little bit hungry, so I, I might go eat some real quick if that's okay with you. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Cool. Be right back. All right. Okay, man, I'm back. Nice. How's, how was it? It was good. It was uh, some pea soup. I ate a whole bunch of it, and I'm really, really full. <laughs> All right. Hopefully you can keep that down for a while. <laughs> I'm picturing that scene. Do you remember the scene from Nightmare on Elm Street where Freddy licks Nancy through the phone? Yeah, yeah. I'm picturing, you're gonna be picturing you like getting barfed on by me <laughs> through the phone. Oh, my God. And you're wearing the same outfit that Nancy was. Yeah. <laughs> green vomit coming out of the phone. Yep. There's, there's a lot of green vomit in this film. It's gross. I feel like it was, there's basically that one scene that's very memorable where she vomits right into his face. But then mm-hmm. whenever they go into her room, there's just like green vomit somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's gross. It's a mess. All that, all that pea soup, man. Yeah. Why didn't they stop feeding her that? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Okay. So here we go into the plot. Uh, I'll just zoom through it real quickly. The film starts basically by introducing us to our three sets of characters who don't know each other yet. We open on a priest named Father Marin, who's pretty old, or at least the movie makes you believe he's pretty old. He's on an archaeological dig in Iraq, and he finds some satanic imagery there. Nothing really comes of that. It's just a way to introduce us to him, I think, unless there was anything crucial that I missed with that, Ash. No, I was also asking, I was hoping you'd explain like what that whole opening sequence was. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's just like this random scene of a guy out in the Middle East uh, doing some like archaeological dig, finding like some token. But, yeah, I don't feel like that ever really comes up in the film later. Yeah, I think it was just to add some ominous and maybe foreshadowing. Mm. Okay. Um, and that statue of the demon he sees, I think, is the uh, there's a, a demon statue that he's looking at, and I think that's the same demon who we see subliminally flash uh, to us. Yeah. Um, so then we meet a young Reagan and her mom. Her mom is an actress, and they're living in D.C. temporarily while she's filming a movie. Reagan mentions she's been playing with an old Ouija board that she found in the basement, and it's clear that Reagan hasn't been or has been acting kind of strangely lately. Um, and then we meet a young priest slash psychologist named Father Karas. Karas. I can't remember how they pronounced it. Yeah, something Karras. like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they kind of insinuate that he's losing touch with his faith a little bit. He's also caring for his aging mother. And the plot really picks up when Reagan comes downstairs while her mom is having a party for all the people on that work on her movie. And Reagan comes down and tells one of the guests that he's going to die. And then she starts urinating on the floor. And this begins a long sequence of her mom trying to find out what's wrong with her, taking her to tons of doctors, psychiatrists, therapists, etc. And it's kind of intermingled with just creepy shit that Reagan is doing up in her room. And they've like tied her to her bed to keep her from hurting herself or somebody else. Yeah. And at this so point mom, she's kind of taken on like a, a different personality too, right? Like she's kind of talking more. She's, she's like swearing more and like, you can just feel like she's become someone else. 
Yeah, different voices. Her her mom really thinks like that's not Reagan up there anymore. Yeah. Um, so she finally turns to the Catholic Church via Father Karras, <laughs> and she asks for an exorcism. So Karras is paired with Father Marin by the church because he's much older and experienced, and he's done this before. And dude, Father Marin, he looked like a pretty old dude, right? Yeah, yeah. He was that in Minority is- Report, like... 30 years later as an old dude. Oh, <laughs> is, is he the, my the bad guy? My blown. The bad yeah, guy? Yeah, Oh, wow. Yeah, because I, I saw they, uh, he was like maybe in his 40s for this film and they just like used a lot of makeup on him and that they made yeah, him Yeah, that old. was great makeup. I just assumed he was an old dude and then I realized yeah. it was the same dude from Minority Report and I was like, was he like 110 <laughs> in Minority <laughs> Report? He's been old for like 50 years. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Is he still around? Um, I think he died a couple of years ago. Oh, okay, okay. I can't remember, though. I'm not not totally sure. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be funny if he pops up in a movie like tomorrow looking the same. (laughs) Yeah. As like a teenager. Yeah. (laughs) Benjamin buttoned it. (laughs) Yeah, he's like Marty in a Back to the Future remake. Yeah. Um, Okay, Um, so the exorcism ensues, and... That's when you get all the scenes that this movie is famous for. Reagan turns her head around 180 degrees. She vomits pea soup into Father Marin's face. She's violently masturbating with a crucifix, saying, uh, F me to Jesus. Which, well, we'll talk about that more later. Um, <laughs> and at some point, Father Father Karras's mom dies. Um, and Reagan uses that against him and tells him that his mother sucks cocks in hell, which is a insult commonly thrown around on horror Twitter. Yeah. This is a pretty sick burn. Yeah. <laughs> this doesn't all seem like some like jokes or like burns that like an eighth grader would make. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> Your mom is so um, fat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so in the climax, Father Marin. Uh, during the exorcism, dies of a heart attack. Father Karras then like tackles Reagan and begs the demon to take him instead. And we see his eyes kind of turn a greenish color, insinuating that he's now become possessed. And he throws himself out the window in a moment of self-sacrifice so that he can presumably kill the demon or at least uh, not allow the demon to use his body as a host. And Reagan is free from the demon, so it ends with pretty much all right in the world. Uh, we have a happy and healthy Reagan. She doesn't remember anything about the events, um, at least not consciously, but she is moved by the sight of a priest's collar uh, at the end of the movie, and she like kisses him on the cheek. And It's kind of implied that maybe she doesn't even know exactly why, but yeah, she just felt moved by the... The priest color for some reason. What do you think of that? I, I think you're right. I think it's like uh, alluding that she has like some kind of instinct in her that like kind of remembers it or something that just seems very really familiar, and and like she kind of acted on that instinct. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, well, man, what what did you think of this movie? What do you remember thinking of it the first time you saw it, and what did you think of it now? Uh, you know, I, I think the first time I saw it, I, I was pretty freaked out. Yeah, I, I remember like, you know, being scared to, to go to bed that night. And a lot of it was this one scene that uh, wasn't in it when I watched it this time, the spider walk, where she kind of like randomly comes out of her room and goes down the stairs 
crawling backwards on her hands and uh, it's just such like a unexpected and like the scary thing and it's just like shot like very naturally that uh, that like scared the shit out of me and I, I think that like image stuck with me and so I, I remember being really spooked out by that this time watching it um, I, I found the language very disturbing but also kind of immature at certain points which I don't know I guess it, it was probably supposed to be but nothing um, and uh, like I guess the head turning was kind of scary um, but yeah, I, I think this time it, it wasn't as scary, just more kind of unsettling in terms of, uh, the reality of like what's going on, uh, with this family. Um, so yeah, I, I guess just less scary, but more unsettling. What, what about you? Yeah, pretty similar. I remember being very freaked out by this as a kid the first time I saw it. And then this time I was kind of just waiting for all the messed up shit to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I almost felt like it felt a little slow. Oh I, my god! Yeah, yeah. Just because yeah. I mean, it's a long movie. It's I think it's two hours and a couple of minutes, and most of the messed up stuff happens in kind of one chunk. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think like the first fifty minutes, there's like this whole backstory on like the the priest uh, and like his struggle with faith, or like what's going on with his mom, and like there's just like all this unnecessary. Uh, uh, story going on which like the scary stuff doesn't even start until like almost an hour into it yeah it was it's hard to say because this is a really well done movie and it's very well acted yeah um but yeah part of me at some point felt like there was a little bit of fat that could have been trimmed yeah yep um but then it, I, I don't know part of me feels like sacrilegious I know uh, for even like saying that about the exorcist <laughs> I feel like it's a uh and I kind of, I started a Twitter poll because I was curious. Like, I feel like everybody touts this movie as like horror royalty. Like yeah, we all yeah. kind of consider it. If you read any like 10 scariest movies of all time list or something like that, or best horror movies of all time, there's a pretty good chance that the exorcist is in the top 10. Yeah. 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 I feel like it, it always gets that honorable mention or yeah. So it was still yeah. at the top. Mm-hmm. But it kind of feels like a movie you watch once, probably when you're kind of young and are really freaked out, and then you don't really revisit it that often. <laughs> and you just take it, you just kind of assume that, oh yeah, it probably is one of the scariest movies of all time. Yeah, it's as scary as it was when I was a kid. Yeah, and, and you've heard it like enough times that, oh, Exorcist is like top 10 all the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, anyway, I started a poll to say, like, does the Exorcist have rewatch value? And most people did think so. I think it was like two thirds of people said yes, but a third of people said no, which was mm. what my theory kind of is. Like on my rewatch this time, it was just kind of, I don't want to say slog, but it was pretty slow. And I was just waiting to see again what is in my mind's eye of the memory I have of all these shocking scenes. Yeah. Well, isn't uh, this like very similar to like the format of other horror films from this time? where they just like really take their time. They're more about like the characters uh, and, and character development and their interactions with each other and just like watching them kind of like Rosemary's Baby, um, Don't Look Now. Uh, you know, this one, they, they, I feel like they kind of like really, the, the feeling back then was like, let these movies like take their time and not really be like so scary, but just like unsettling throughout. But I, I don't know. Yeah. Yep. And we've talked about that before, I think. Very heavy on the drama and specifically yeah. family drama. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think that's, that's dead on. Um, right. 
and it, it plays out a little slow like it's well done but oh man one really creepy scene that happens in the middle of all that is when they're taking her to the doctors to perform all these tests yeah and they do something where they have to put a needle in her I don't know if neck it's like the carotid or, or carotid artery right in her neck and blood right. squirting out everywhere yeah yeah that was messed up I didn't, I didn't yeah. remember that from the last time I saw it. Did, did you remember that scene I didn't remember it either and I think it's probably because as a kid like you're watching it for these shocking scenes, but as an adult, you're like, oh, as somebody who's actually (laughs) had medical procedures done to me, this is scaring me more than anything else. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, Which I I kind of uh, enjoyed the whole journey, like, that they had through through medicine, like, all the different tests they were showing. They were showing, like, these old-school MRIs or, like, how they would do these, like, X-rays or the PET scans, and it just, like, all looks so, like, absurd and goofy. Um, I I was wondering if, like, that's kind of part of getting uh, this mother to be like so frustrated that she turns to the church finally for like some kind of cure. Yeah. And I think you do feel the frustration because Reagan goes through a lot of torment just through all Mm -hmm. these medical procedures and stuff. And those were actually medical professionals trained in those things who were doing that. It wasn't actors. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I think I read that somewhere. Makes it even more creepy somehow. (laughs) You had actual doctors behind the scenes. Yeah. (laughs) Did it. Uh, yeah. Um, but I want to come back to what you said. I do feel like some of it was a little bit like shock and awe to me. I, I can't mm-hmm. decide how I feel about it. Like the, uh, masturbating with the crucifix, like I'm not easily shocked or offended, but it all, so I wasn't offended by that, but it almost felt like just a deliberate, yeah. what can we do to really go overboard? Yeah, what's like the craziest thing can we can say? What's gonna like piss people off the most? Or be like, oh my god, I can't believe they said that or something. Right, like kind of how I feel sometimes when I'm watching Family Guy, where it's like <laughs> that really wasn't necessary for the narrative, and it's clear that he's deliberately trying to push the boundaries. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then part of me is like, well, it is disturbing, and especially in the '70s, like, and the first time I watch it, it's it is shocking. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that all part of what works to make this one of the scariest movies of all time? But yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know either, especially as we compare it to, you know, some of these newer movies you're talking about that were inspired by this, where you have exorcisms going on and people are possessed. They generally don't like start, uh, they don't become like these evil, like taunting devils. Generally, like it's a little more scary. Um, and it's less like kind of verbally abusive, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and hmm, part of me liked that. Like, I liked that she was toying with Father Karras about his mom and saying, like, it was your fault you weren't there for her. And True. Like, hitting yeah. him where it hurts. Yeah, she was, like, kind of manipulating him, getting under his skin, and that kind of worked. Yeah, and Father Marin kind of prepared him for that. Like, the demon will, like, lie to you and try to piss you off, and it's not true, and they'll mix it with truths to make the lies hurt even more. And yeah. I did like that aspect. Yeah, 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 that felt kind of smart, I guess, um, playing to something. And and that's where, like, the whole, uh, you know, spending so much time with um, uh, the, the father of Carcass. Or are we saying Carcass? Karras? Karras. Carcass. 
the whole uh, spending time with Father uh, Karras uh, and getting to know, like, you know, who he was. I, I feel like there was like a lot of character development there. Like he was a man who was trying to get out of the church, I think. And, you know, he kind of saw his struggle with his mom. He didn't really want to be in D.C. anymore. It's, it sounded like he was trying to, like, get, pull himself away. And then this kind of brought him back in. So I, I thought that was kind of clever storytelling in that, in, in that aspect. Yeah, I mean, all the characters were really well fleshed out, and you really felt for them, especially Ellen Bernstein, the mom. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, you feel her frustration and her helplessness, and the acting was great. It's a well... I mean, it got 10 Academy Award nominations, and I don't think they were undeserved. Like, it's a very well-put-together movie. What about the editing, though? Because I feel like there were a few minutes, or like a few parts where it was just like the editing was terrible. Like you'd have like a scene which lasts like 10 seconds, uh, just like have a line, especially like around uh, his mother dying. Like I thought they were like so many awkwardly tied together scenes. Hmm. Yeah, maybe I could see that. I, I feel like I'd have to watch it again with that in mind. Yeah. Or maybe for its time, like that was just how films were. Yeah. It didn't stick out to me, but now now that you mentioned it, I, could, I think I maybe could agree with you there. But you feel like acting, uh, screenplay, all that stuff, like kind of deserved like Oscar nominations. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it. I mean, it definitely is on par with Rosemary's Baby for me in that regard. Like, just a very mm-hmm. well put together movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's interesting to think about like this one being kind of like a pioneer and in, in this genre that wasn't um, where yeah you didn't have these exorcism stuff. So yeah, as an like original screenplay and work of art, it is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, basically every deem demonic possession movie not every i mean like evil dead isn't really taking a page out of the exorcist book but there are just so many movies that are basically exactly the same thing yeah yeah like, right usually a a woman usually a young girl gets possessed and an exorcism needs to be done yeah <laughs> yeah i know that that formula became pretty popular yeah it's good um anyway man zero to five bowls of pea soup what do you give this <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a hard one. Uh, I, I mean, I, I feel the pressure to, you know, ag- agree with like what we've been told. Uh, but, um, yeah, I kind of been watching in retrospect, uh, the, the scares didn't seem, uh, too big to me, but I, I like the drama aspect. So I think I'd, I'd give it a probably shoot probably, probably like a three and a half bowls of soup. Um, okay. just, yeah, good, good storytelling and well acted. Uh, but yeah, not, not super scary. What about you? Yeah, I give it a three. I, I feel like this time around, I was just wading through the movie trying to get to the parts that I remembered as a kid, which, mm-hmm. you know, is partly my problem. I, I shouldn't have watched it with that mindset. But <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah it, it's, not, it's not necessarily what you remember it being as a kid. At least it wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still really creepy. I mean, those scenes with Reagan, I don't think they're cheesy or anything now. I still think they work. Yeah. But well, it's not like nothing you've ever seen before at, right. anymore at this point in time. Yeah, yeah. You kind of have that watered-down effect. That's interesting, though, because right. I think when you're a kid, you're seeing the movie uh, more from the perspective of Reagan. And I think maybe now as you're older and watching it, uh, then the story becomes less about like this girl going and what she's going through and more about like the family or like the mother, like what she's experiencing and this father and what he's experiencing. Maybe that kind of right. changes the, the approach of it. Yeah. And honestly, for me as a kid, I was much more, I was, I mean, I was raised Catholic. And so 
I can't really remember, but I'm demons and everything probably scared me a lot more then than they oh, do now. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This cuz yeah, this probably would have been like one of the first uh, demon movies uh, one of us saw, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely remember seeing this not crazy young, but it was mm-hmm. one of the first horror movies I feel like I saw, maybe like junior high or something. Sure, sure. Yeah, and now like after seeing so many, I mean, it's yeah. It's all kind of been there. Yeah. Done that. Yeah, it's hard it's hard to go back and yeah. and judge it. I know it is. But do you think we're going to uh, lose our any credibility we have left on the horror community? We, we might get a review that said, both of these guys' mother sucks cocks in hell. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I'll be so bummed. Yeah. Anyway, man, I think that's that's all I got. I feel oh. I feel bad. It's such a classic, but... Yeah. What, one, one last thing I want to throw in, because you called us out in another movie about like how uh, the movies from like the 70s, 80s, that or 60s or whatever, uh, in that time period, when people walked around, uh, the shoes are very loud, like their footsteps are very loud. And Did I totally, you notice it, man? Yeah, I totally noticed it in this one. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was going on? Were they all like wearing like wooden like platform shoes or something? What was, what was the deal? I have no idea, man. I think it's just the sound design back then. Yeah. But yeah, it's true. Like men wore dress shoes everywhere. Nobody wore tennis shoes. So Sure. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's kind of both of those things. Yeah. yeah, and there's way less music. M- oh, yeah. movies back then are just way less frenetic. Like they give things space to happen, and they set some atmosphere. So mm-hmm. nowadays, if you had a scene where somebody's just walking for an extended period of time, it would probably be accompanied by a yeah. score. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, you didn't have like that much openness. So yeah, that, that kind of explains some of it. And I think it is just kind of a stylistic choice. If if that scene happened now, they probably just wouldn't emphasize the sound of the shoes so much. <laughs> it was very important back then. <laughs> we heard people approaching. It's important to know that this guy wears shoes. Yeah, I know. Don't want you thinking he's walking around like with socks or something. <laughs> Did you notice that when we first saw Father Karras, he was wearing shoes, and then when he died, he was also wearing shoes? <laughs> what do you think that means? <laughs> yeah. There's a deep meaning there for sure. Some kind of metaphor. <laughs> okay, man. You you got anything else on this? Uh, no, on no, shoes? no. It's good. Good, good rewatch. Okay. All right, listeners. That is all. Thanks for listening to our discussion about The Exorcist and our discussion about shoes. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating on iTunes or whatever app you use to listen to our podcast. Uh, that helps other people find our show and it makes us feel very special too. If you want to join the discussion, you can find our social links on our website, horrormovieclub.com, or you can shoot us an email at podcast at horrormovieclub.com. We'd love to uh, read more listener feedback on the show too. So if you have any opinions or anything you want to say, don't hesitate to reach out. Um, we're going to announce next week's movie on Facebook and Twitter in case you want to watch it before the next episode. So check us out there. Our logo is done by Amy Mae Popart, so check her out on Etsy.com. And until next time, if your kid starts peeing in places that he or she should not, just contact the Catholic Church immediately. In fact, I'd better do that now because we've been having that problem quite a bit recently. (laughs)